Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is hitting home for Amin Fakhari. Less than a year ago, he was forced to leave a country that was also under attack, Afghanistan. Amin was a frontline interpreter for the U.S. military and State Department for nearly 12 years. He managed to escape with his wife and children to live here in Rhode Island. We'll talk about what he thinks of the ocean state, what he hears from his family still in Afghanistan, and how Rhode Island should prepare to welcome the next wave of refugees from Ukraine. That's after this quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. Joining us today is Amin Fakiri, a frontline interpreter from Afghanistan who now lives in Rhode Island. Amin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You know, the world's been watching the coverage of the war in Ukraine, the invasion by Russia, and all the refugees fleeing out of the country. Is it bringing back memories for you in Afghanistan? Absolutely. The world is sympathizing and empathizing with the Ukraine, but it's personal for, for more patriotic Afghans because it does bring memories from back in August when Afghanistan government was overthrown and the country was fallen over. It's just that we feel for the people. I don't care, you know, for the governments. Governments collapse, but the casualties and what the, the normal people and the civilians are going through, that's hard to, uh, to bear, you know. So it's, it's, it was very heartbreaking to see Ukraine go down like that. With all the flow to Europe now, uh, people are you know fleeing their, their homes and leaving everything behind, getting a suitcase just like I got. I have it, I'll put it in a museum someday. Yeah, tell me about that moment. You, you talked about the moment you grabbed your suitcase and were heading out of the country. Uh, what's that like? It's it's very hard, to be honest with you. It's a very uh, traumatic situation. I wanted to live on good terms to come to the airport with my parents and say bye to everybody, not in the middle of shooting, in the middle of seeing people die. So it's it's always a, you know, a hard t- 
time for me to remember back then. And as of this morning, at least one and a half million people are fleeing Ukraine. And they say it's the fastest growing refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. And, and so you obviously have a sense of what those people are going through right now. What's it like for families in particular? Because you were leaving with your, your kids, with your wife. Yes, I left with my pregnant wife and uh, my four kids. It's very hard for families. I mean, people have to understand. What if somebody comes to your house and tells you without any fight or anything, hey, you have to leave, go, you know, leave your house. What would happen then? It's very heartbreaking. I mean, it's people, you know, deserve peace. They deserve to live in a peaceful world. Governor McKee has pledged to accept refugees from Ukraine here in Rhode Island. Uh, what advice would you give them about coming to Rhode Island? Governor McKee has done a very great thing to again accept other flow of refugees from, from Ukraine. And still I hear from people coming from Syria and through UN to Rhode Island. So he's he's doing a very good thing, you know. It's humanity. My My heart is with him and the federal government should support his idea. The Rhode Island people should also support his idea. I see, I read below his comments and people like, what do you want to do with, with the homeless people on the Providence streets? Hmm. If you want to bring more people, that's also another interesting thing. I also want to appeal to Governor Mackey to also take care of the ones that are on the streets. To do both then, to, to accept, yeah, absolutely. To, to accept to do, refugees. To do both. In- this, is a, this is a great country. Why not pull people off the streets and give them shelter, you know? Yeah, there was a state representative who raised that issue and said, how can we accept new people in? But is, uh, is your point that we can do both and we absolutely. should do Absolutely. This is a government. I mean, it's not that you cannot bring a guy from a street to give him a shelter. You bring a guy from the street, give him shelter, give him food. If he needs the medicine, give him the medicine. He will have a life. There is thousands of companies hiring, get him a job. He will work just like the resettlement agencies. There should be a resettlement agency for homeless people, I think. Hmm. It's not, I, I don't think there is one in, in the United States. There might be other cares, but there is not like, you know, to resettle them from the streets at their homes. The Soviet Union uh, invaded Afghanistan. The Soviet-Afghan war lasted from 79 to 89. Do you think we're going to see a similar drawn-out guerrilla war now in Ukraine, now that they've invaded Ukraine? Um, it's hard. It's hard to tell for me. From my experience, when war is started in a country, it never ends. It takes a long time to recover from the war, and, you know, it will take take a long time to stop the war. Afghanistan's situation was very different and it was very difficult because Iran closed its border on us. Tajikistan closed the border on us. People were not able to, to go there by cars and by trains. Pakistan closed its border on us. The only hope we had was the Kabul airport from where people were being lifted up. It should not, you know, it's very, I mean, it, this is situation for my people and for the Ukrainian people. You see, the Ukrainian people are taken by all the countries. Their people are already there to help them, and, you know, people are trying to take in more people. But it's personal that, you know, that reminds me of what happened with my country. Some people have pointed out a double standard between how the media is responding to the war in Ukraine, uh, where people there look more like white Americans, and how it responds to conflicts in places in Afghanistan. Have you noticed that? Uh, yes. 
Yes, I mean, I do. I, what's going on on, on on social media and Instagram and, and Facebook and TikTok that people are giving credit to the Ukrainian president saying that he is a man and he's standing there and he's defending his people. And uh, Ghani fled the country and he's, you know, a coward and he, he did that and he did this. Uh, he went the country. But the situation for Ghani and the Ukrainian president is different. The Ukrainian president has all his people, you know, backing him up and all his people taking a weapon to fight another country. Ghani was fighting his own people. We had Taliban fight us. They were Afghans and we were Afghans. And the Ukraine, Ukrainian president and the Ukraine people are, you know, in war with another country, a specific country. If all Afghans become, you know, are in war with with some country, you know, we all get together, the Afghan government and the Taliban, the previous, we would have won, for instance, you know, because Afghans are great fighters, but they're not great leaders. They haven't been united for so many years. Um, what are you hearing from your contacts in Afghanistan? What's life like there now? Uh, I will tell you with what happened in my hometown village. So we had two police uh, battalions in my hometown and it had about 1200 men in it because we are bordering Pakistan all those people had jobs and they were from the same village all those families lost their jobs there is no cash that they could go and buy food with there is food but it needs cash people don't have jobs think about a whole government in place in a country that operated for 20 years and all of a sudden all those people lose their job you see what happens then they have no money they have no savings their money was in the banks you know which was frozen the united nations and the world should also think about afghanistan now that the humanitarian crisis happened in ukraine people are turning their faces from my country from afghanistan and you know focusing on ukraine more but i think we are humans ukrainians just face this war but we are facing this war for the last 50 years. The world should put pressure on the Taliban and they should say that they should cooperate with certain countries, you know, to, to, to I mean, get to the humanitarian crisis there. In February, President Biden signed an executive order freezing $7 billion in Afghan funds held in the United States. And he intends to split it now between helping Afghanistan with the humanitarian disaster and compensating victims of 9-11 attacks here. What do you think should be done with that money? This is very important. I didn't want to talk about it, but since you asked me, I'm going to be very you know, specific with you on this matter. And I want the Rhode Islanders to know this. That money belongs to the Afghan people. That money belongs to the National Bank of Afghanistan. It doesn't belong to the previous fallen government, nor does it belong to the Taliban. It's the people's money. It's the people, you know, who had business in and who were international traders. It's their money. And it's very injustice that that money would be taken, you know, by Biden's administration from a very poor country. Right now, see, that money caused the humanitarian crisis. Do you have any hope of returning to Afghanistan someday? To be honest with you, if I return right now with this situation, there will not be a place for me. I will be arrested at the airport and I will be taken to the Taliban custody because, see, I'm talking here with you. They, make, they think I'm an infidel. But the hope is if the United States open their embassy again in Kabul and try to operate from there, 
if I'm asked to work there, I would go to to Kabul to work for the U.S. Embassy there. But uh, apart from that, I wouldn't be able to go. What, what's been the thing you've liked the most and the most surprising thing about being here in Rhode Island? Everything is, I mean, amazing in Rhode Island. I wished for this life. I wished, you know, a, a good life for my kids, good schooling. I wish that things I did not get in my childhood would be, you know, provided to my kids. And that's happening. You're telling me about your volunteer efforts, finally. Uh, uh, you have been helping with in interpretation services, right? And, and welcoming people? So I went to the airport a few times to welcome refugees, and I offer my interpretation services as a volunteer to people who need me. I, I have a WhatsApp group for all the Rhode Island Afghans. I share things and I share information with people. And, you know, yesterday I had, I met with the people from uh, World Affairs of Rhode Island. So we are making connections, but um, a lot focused on finding sponsors for people who the Bremer Law Office has applied, young ladies, young women from Afghanistan, journalists, women rights activists, and women are in, in a lot of uh, trouble in Afghanistan. So single women, families, and uh, we need sponsors. What does it involve to sponsor someone? So if you go on, on the website, you will read more details, but it's $575 per person. Uh, you have to be a U.S. citizen and you would have paid taxes for two years. You would vouch that if, if this person gets the visa, I will provide for all his needs until he gets a job and he finds a house. And then there is Dorcas International. They're, you know, responsible for the refugee resettlement. So they are also there to help. And that's the Bremer Law Office here in Providence? Yes. So uh, Bremer Law Office, 190 Broad Street, Providence. Please go there to talk to Bremer and to find out information about the sponsorship for Afghans. Very good. Amin Fakari, thank you so much for joining us today. You are very welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Here are some more stories to check out this week in Global Rhode Island. Newport officials are calling the collapse of a section of the Cliff Walk a catastrophic event. My colleague Alexa Gigas has the latest developments. Alexa also has a Q&A with chef Jamie Frieda, who founded Project Pasta in Warren, Rhode Island. It offers vegetable-infused vegan and gluten-free pasta for people with allergies. If you want to be a teacher, then Providence wants you. My colleague Dan McGowan reports there's a signing bonus of up to $10,000 for hard-to-fill positions and up to $3,000 in relocation reimbursements. For those stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. As we interview all of the candidates for governor this year, we want your questions. What would you ask them? Email your ideas to rinews at globe.com. You might hear your question on the podcast. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport. 
Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.